0: Welcome to chapel this um, long-awaited, sunny Friday morning. Um, I just wanted to ask you um, to join with me this morning in um, celebration. Yesterday, Bob Yoder, our very own campus minister, went to Holland, Michigan to Western Theological Seminary to defend his doctoral ministry project. focused his doctoral work on faith formation in adolescence, and his thesis project was on biblical biblical lament. Um, He called me late afternoon yesterday to let me know that I could now call him Dr. Bob Yoder. And so let's uh, join me in um, congratulating Bob and celebrating.
1: Let's pause in prayer. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this space. Thank you for Tef's willingness to share with us part of his story, the stories of others from another part of the world. Be with him as he shares with us this morning. Amen. I want to make a quick introduction uh, to, uh, to you of Les Gustason zook Les, um, here to my right, um, is an associate regional director uh, for Mennonite Central Committee of the Great Lakes Region, particularly here in northern Indiana. He shares that role with his wife, Gwen, and I will let Les share a bit more of who Tefsa is. We're quite excited to have Tesfa with us this morning here. We've been um, setting up things for him to talk around the area, here about MCC work, and about specifically things in Africa. And so Tesfa comes to us. He got his first 13 years of education cat, uh, tending cattle on, on the ranch, on his family's uh, ranch on his farm in Ethiopia. And since then, he's done amazing things. He chosen to be the edu- one of the educated people in his family and has since then been um, worked for World Vision a number of years. He has uh, most recently worked with the Mennonite Central Committee as the Africa um, director for about seven years. And now for the last year, before he heads back to, Af- uh, to Ethiopia, he's um, an itinerant storyteller for the Mennonite Central Committee. So we're c- excited that he can be with us this morning and that he can join us here. So Tespa. Thanks so much for being here.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much for that welcome. Uh, I guess I can leave now <laughs> since you have already expressed appreciation for what I said. Um, I am Very, very happy to be here this morning. Um, When I went to college, we were competitors with Goshen. I went to the other half of the family, Eastern Mennonite, and every now and then we came either for soccer game or international students' uh, gatherings, and uh, I do have many memories uh, of this place and of these people and all the more now I feel much more comfortable and familiar uh, for being here because my brother and my friend uh, Jim Brennan, your president, uh, is, is, is here and I, I could not be happier uh, and the college could not have gone, asked for a better person, for leadership, for commitment, for education, and for intellectual challenge. So I'm, I'm, I'm as you can tell, I'm wordless, I'm speechless. I'm very, very happy, Jim, uh, that you are here. And uh, when, when God's will and God's kind time come together, things happen, and, and that is what I see in, uh, in your coming here and I'm, I'm, I'm really, really very happy, very, very happy. For, for you as a community, college community here, I'm very happy uh, because um, Jim and Terry bring lots and lots of experience, lots of passion and compassion uh, to, to the Mennonite church as well as the uh, college communities and college uh, higher education. Uh, I'm very happy. Um, I come, as was said, I come from a very rural Ethiopia uh, where I was born to date, we don't have electricity. And my mother every evening has to uh, light uh, a candle or a kerosene lamp. And uh, it is by God's grace that I am who I am and I am where I am. And so therefore, I give all the credit uh, to God, not to, uh, to this box that you see in front of you. It is God who led me and the God who has taken me wherever I have been, whatever I have been. That uh, uh, credit goes to him. I was, I, I just found out what my topic uh, for this morning is and uh, uh, so you know it's a, this is a quick uh, rush rush soup that you put everything together and try to make sense out of or taste out of it. so therefore you put salt as much as you can and, and may bring taste out of it. I am um, designated for this particular year to go around and speak uh, in advocacy for um, for Africa and um, and for for the Mennonite uh, Central Committee uh, and all the Mennonites that go to to Africa. Uh, and thinking about this morning, I you you some somebody chose for you that uh, we worship. Uh, I, I, don't know how, I don't even know how it was worded. Uh, worship through AIDS, about AIDS. I, something related to that. Um, whatever it is. Um, it took me to the book of Job in the Bible, and uh, the times that we are living in are, are not short of sufferings. And the, any place, if any place to be referred to, is the Book of Job uh, that actually reflect the current situation that we are in, particularly uh, bearing in mind the continent of Africa. Okay. Reading the Book of Job is both winning over and uh, unsettling at the same time, winning over by the notes of human truth that never falters throughout the 42 chapters uh, of the book, unsettling by the themes, the language, and the style which the fifth century BC author chose to uh, translate his experience of the mystery of suffering. All who read Job feel caught or rather challenged in their innermost self at the depth of wherein lie problems that they dare not raise and where they are confronted once they enter a true inner silence by the great question of their own destiny. The coming of HIV and AIDS to, to our world, uh, HIV-AIDS pandemic, has magnified the extent of human suffering that, is, that it should motivate Christians to read the Book of Job in the light of the prevailing situation. My own gaze on the contemporary Africa in the grip of this pandemic modestly designated as disease of the century uh, in several African countries, allows me to reread Job, or better, to rediscover Job, under the influence of three-dimensional estrangements. First of all, I find myself out of sympathy with any language that automatically assumes that it is right to defend the, the justice of God and to blame humans. Secondly, I want to take my distance from any culture that has difficulty finding in its concrete lived experience the inspiration to create a language to address God, to say God, in the face of absurdity of human suffering. And finally, I cannot be at one with any heart that is insensitive and indifferent to human suffering and misery. Jan Emsweiler, is MCC volunteer was MCC volunteer in the country of Tanzania in the village or town of Mugumu. Jan is a registered nurse. She got her uh, bachelor, uh, her master's uh, in public health from Emory University. Jan went. She she uh, she specializes in in HIV education and prevention, and Jan went to this particular home one morning to visit a young, newly discovered, HIV-positive person. She went and she arrived at the home, and the parents, <clears throat> as soon as they discovered that she, their daughter was HIV-positive, she, they, she, they shunned her. She pushed her. They pushed her out to an outside shack and Jan arrived, greeted the parents, and then asked about the young woman, and they pointed where she was, to the outside shack. Jan went in, and the young woman got up, and they hugged each other, and they sat down and visited for a while, and then Jan came out to the parents who were watching the drama, and of course part of the drama at the same time. And she, she asked if they have any food for her to eat. It was about lunchtime. The mother ran to the kitchen and got the food and brought it out to Jan and Jan carried it in. Uh, usually the way the food was carried to the, to the young HIV positive woman was, uh, it was dragged onto the floor to the door for her to come and collect. They never even cared to hand it to her because they were afraid. On this occasion, Jan carried the food and not just handed it over but she sat down and partook of the food with the, uh, with the HIV patient and, 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 the, the, and, and the drama unfolded and they, they continued to finish the food and then she uh, they, uh, and then Jan, uh, after, they, after they finished the food, she brought the dishes out and she bid farewell and she went back. This created a question, big question, to the parents saying if this foreigner, Muzungu, can do this kind of compassionate love to our own daughter, how much more should we do? And that day, they brought her back into the house. The extent of the HIV violence, not the virus alone, the violence that it creates in our society, in our communities, and in our families is beyond imagination. This young woman was stigmatized to the extent that she was cut off from her own, but then that was because of lack of knowledge, ignorance, you might call it, and whatever the reason is, the violence of HIV virus and the pandemic is very obvious. Why, why, God, have you cast us off forever? Why does your anger burn against the sheep of your pasture? Psalm 74, 1. How long, Lord, will you utterly forget me? How long will you hide your face from me? Psalm 13, 2. Let's not be deceived. The questions do not arise out of the denial of God only because they believe in God. These questions sprout from the innermost of the person. And because of that, the extent of the suffering can only be understood by the living God and not by any human being. I have witnessed the phrase generation gap in a very literal and glaring way. I have seen the grandparents and grandchildren meeting together in the middle the parents are gone because hiv has taken them away has they are they are, they are dead so therefore grandchildren and grandparents uh, are, are the ones that are there and the ga- and the gap in between is you can imagine what it looks like once again in tanzania in in uh, in in, in, the, in the village of mugumu the, uh, the grandmother who goes around and begs for resources and brings back to feed the children that are only old enough to eat. She is not strong enough to work and produce, but she is only able to speak and beg and bring and feed. That is the kind of world we are in. But for some of us uh, here, that is fantasy. The questions arise because, as Archbishop Desmond Tutu says, those who suffer so grievously have not usually doubted that such a God was a living God, a powerful God, and a God of righteousness, and God of goodness. It is precisely because they have believed that their perplexity has arisen. End of quote. Therefore, it is my challenge and to you as well as to myself, to the rest of the world, to the rest of the Christendom, to the rest of the caring and civilized and educated world, as a universal church, let us not be like Job's friends or even like his loving wife to renounce and denounce God and turn your back to God. I say, turn your back to what? Just like when Adam and Eve turned their back to God in the Garden of Eden, churches are turning their back to suffering questioning what where this HIV pandemic is coming from there are many designated areas where the, the the sources of HIV virus are does it really matter where it came from does it really matter who how we got we got it we have it when when the, the house is on fire, you don't just call nine one one and fold your hands and wait for the fire engine to arrive. You do what you can while you wait. It is exactly like that with HIV virus. We cannot sit down and wait for somebody from somewhere out of the blue to respond to the HIV aid. It is beyond the capacity of anybody and any organization or even any church, even the government. It is beyond that. It takes everybody and everything until this pandemic is put under control. Let's examine the sources of where it came from later on, after we save lives. When lives are endangered, when the house is on fire, let us not sit down and philosophize. That is what the church is is to do. The church should be the church. The church should be reaching out, touching, healing, and bringing peace and resolution, conflict resolution to that particular situation. Let us take HIV and AIDS pandemic as an opportunity for service, as a challenge that we face in our world today. Because we are so globalized, it is neither there nor here, it is everywhere. We are interconnected and we are interdependent. Just as it takes a village to raise a child, it takes the world to tackle the HIV pandemic. And who else has more responsive heart and mind than Christian organizations than churches, than Christians. Rick Warren, who wrote the book A Purposeful Life, right? Purpose Driven Life, thank you. You read. <laughs> he, he conducted a seminar on HIV and he and his wife, Kay, served... Uh, conducted a seminar for 3,000 participants. And he invited two senators from the United States Senate. One Republican, one Democrat. Because the seminar was being conducted in Orange County at the heart of the Republican grounds, many people questioned Rick Warren, that he has become a left wing. Rick Warren said, I am neither a left wing nor right wing. I am both wings. It takes both wings to fly for a bird, he said. I'm a turkey. I fly with both birds. I think he's right. I think it takes all of us to care for, to to really understand the magnitude of the sufferings that is in our world. We do what we can, while we can, and while we wait. We don't just sit down, fold our hands, and wait. I know we are limited in our powers for usefulness. I know we Our means may be small. Our circles of influence may be restricted. Our powers of body and mind are often a restraint upon us. Our life is brief, even at the longest. And yet, God says, What is it that you have in your hands? And God is saying, use it. That is my challenge today in the community, in the society, in the world that I am living in. What is your challenge? Let's pray. Our God, you are the righteous God. You are just God. You are loving God. You are, you are God. In any situation and circumstances that we are in, we need your leading. We need your guiding. Lord, break us. Use us and mold us in your way and in your will. Bless us as we leave this place and live us and give us a compassionate heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Go in peace.